Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I'm joined by the amazing, incredible Michael J. Russ. I want to welcome you without further ado, because we've got a super big topic that I'm excited about today. So welcome, Michael. Uh, Thank you so much. Delight. Always yeah, a pleasure this to be is, here with you. Yeah, you I look forward to this every week. <laughs> you inspire me all the time. And one of the things that Michael said, we had talked about uh, experiences and really giving that gift of experience. And along with that, um, opened up the gateway to imagination. And I'm just, it's one of my favorite things. I think, um, you know, if I could live in an imaginary world... <laughs> Sometimes I think I do. Um, you know, that's where where I, I like to to imagine the possibilities, the infinite possibilities. And you know, I think it was Albert Einstein who said, you know, that imagination is more important than knowledge. And he said, for while knowledge defines all we currently know and understand, imagination points to all we might yet discover and create. And I just adore that. And so, Michael. Without awesome. further ado, what are you waiting to discover and create? I'm, I'm eager for this conversation. It's interesting. Um, I, was, uh, I was listening to a, uh, a Brian Scott uh, YouTube video about the imagination, and it's just it, it's one of many different sources of um, the power that discuss the power of your imagination. And it, I've been using my imagination to imagine my future uh, my, you know, my, my day, my week, my month, uh, for, for 38 plus years. And in, if you're in a, a situation, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're a, a, a gigger, you're, you're, a, um, somebody who is an independent contractor, you've got your own business. It is really, really important to in, to envision through your imagination, what is possible for you the grandest vision possible for you. And uh, I find that this is a step for people who don't know about it that, that just falls by the wayside. Uh, a friend of mine in Switzerland who was a, uh, uh, in the 2012 Olympics, he came in 25th overall. Um, he said, you know, I was 24 years old, and I had, nobody had ever told me that I had to see it to be it. I said, what are you talking wow. about? He goes, I never envisioned myself winning. I never saw myself oh, wow. winning. And it, it, he said, I didn't learn about that little tidbit, that really important part at, of, of, of winning, of, of competing, until I was 32. He says, now I'm 32, and I, I, I have a mentor who taught me that I had to envision my future, envision my success. I had to envision what I, what I wanted for myself. I had to sit down and just imagine it in living color with uh, sights and sounds and smells, everything. Uh, the more real you can make uh, something in your imagination, the more that you bring it to life. And that's really what your imagination mm -hmm. does. It brings your intentions, goals, and dreams to life. It brings them to life. It, it manifests them in the physical. And it all starts in your head. The five inches, I want to say the five inches between your ears, that's where life happens. It's not out your outer world. It's in the five inches between your ears. That is where life unfolds. That is where you create 
on your palette, your blank palette of life. I do it every day. I sort of set a financial goal for myself every day in my business and uh, a weekly goal and a monthly goal. And I don't necessarily get upset when the daily goal doesn't happen, doesn't manifest. That's really important not to uh, throw cold water on your on your what you're imagining. You have to remain positive as part of this uh, process and faith and belief in yourself and in your capabilities is incredibly important. Uh, matter of fact, it's more important than anything else. You have to and, and and who you discuss what you're imagining with is very important. And I was told by somebody wiser than me that you shouldn't discuss what you're imagining with anyone, not even your closest friends, confidants, no one. It is your dream and because our subjective mind is incredibly susceptible to, uh, to being told that our dream is impossible. And as w- the way I describe it in my talks is that when you tell somebody what you're interested in doing, it's not their dream. So to them, they're going to take it into the rational mind and they're going to sit based on the only thing they know, which is their own experiential wisdom. And what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to, they're going to give you a response based on what they know. And they may not know your methodology for achieving your, your intentions, goals, and dreams. They may not be uh, aware of it. They may not believe that it's possible. And that's what you're going to get back. You don't want cold water thrown on your, uh, on your fire you know, the fire of your passion. So you have to be very careful about what you discuss, your, what you're imagining with. It's yours. Just, let, just imagine it. Imagine the grandest vision of it. You know, why make it $1,000? Why not make it a million? You know, it, it, nobody's telling you you cannot make it happen. It's, it's what you manifest. And somebody told me long ago, you generally get, you get better than what you envision for yourself. Uh, the key is to envision something for yourself that's, that's, that's beyond where you are, whether it's capabilities or otherwise. Runners, people who uh, are the, some of the fastest men and women in the world, they have to, they go through in, in imaginary exercises. They, they see themselves running and winning. They see themselves uh, excelling at certain parts of the track or whatever their, the marathon, whatever, at certain points, they see themselves being there. And actually, I, I know um, in track and field, uh, you would see, you'll see uh, these athletes at the starting line and they have their eyes closed. What are they doing? They're envisioning them every aspect of the race for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a tool that they use to help summon up from deep within them their best their very best, uh, better than they think they believe themselves capable of. And uh, it's, a, it's a tool. It's a, high, high uh, intensity athletes and others in this world do it. We all need to be doing it. It's a mm-hmm. darn amazing concept. It's a darn amazing thing. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think what a lot of people, they think, oh, you know, imagination is just for kids. You know, you have your imaginary friends. But really, if you think about it, the power of imagination has been shown throughout history. There is 
inventions. I mean, I, don't, I look around my office and there's not one thing that didn't come from somebody's imagination from the paper clips on my desk. Like true. somebody that's had true. a need, they imagined it, and they, you know, and somebody probably said, well, that's a really dumb idea. Just going to buy that, that silly little bent yeah. up um, what piece of wire or, you know, a, a, whatever <laughs> it is, whether it be a book. Exactly. I mean, you know, really, if mm-hmm. you think of some of the things, you think about the Wright brothers. I mean, I can only imagine the conversations that ensued after they said that, uh, you know, you see those birds like that in the sky? Guess what? I'm going to be up there. I'm going to fly. And, Correct. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. And where would we be today? I mean, what, you know, you've been able to travel the world because of something that they imagined. Yeah, and that's what I think is so powerful. And I think that's sort of what Einstein was saying, that it's the imagination that brings forth the knowledge. It's a product of, of that imagination so that we can bring things into existence. Things that we, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> some things are, you know, you think, oh my gosh, you know, some, especially around the holidays, you see these infomercials about stuff. And you thought, how is it that somebody thought somebody needed that? But yeah, they're obviously... Yeah. Um, creating prosperity around it and who's to Mm -hmm. say that it isn't useful to somebody else just because it's not useful to you and uh, that's what I I really love I I like I've always loved children's books and I collect them I I find them not only the imagination of the writer of the story but also the illustrations and where somebody went when they took different words and made them a reality to capture the imagination of children. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a really wonderful gift. And as we've talked about before, music, you know, where does it come from? Um, you know, whether, you know, you're channeling it in. I, I'm curious, Michael, so when you um, imagine something or envision something, that you want to bring into your reality, is there a process that you uh, would like to share? That's actually pretty simple. Um, I, I meditate. Uh, it's it's a it's a part of my meditation where I uh, focus on on something that I would like to manifest in my world. And if it's if it's on a daily basis, and really. I think you, in order for anything to be valuable to you, especially something like your imagination, I suggest people make it practical. Something that they do on a daily basis for something that something practical in their everyday life. Uh, it, it could be, um, and, and it's got to be something you're manifesting for you. Um, you can also, by the way, uh, put forth your imagination. You can envision somebody else succeeding at something as well. Um, having something, getting something. You can throw that out there. It is possible to do that. Uh, Robert Stone um, is, uh, is an author who uh, wrote a couple of books, and he, uh, Robert B. Stone, unbelievable what he teaches you to do. He teaches practical um, ways of manifesting things in your life. Uh, and he was somebody who was uh, uh, instrumental in the development of the Silva Method, Silva mm-hmm. method of manifestation. Uh, he uh, actually, it, it was it was he who was uh, instrumental in actually instigating the person who developed the the Silva method. Uh, and and he has written several several amazing books. I have them on uh, I have them on uh, ebook. Uh, Brian Scott's done a couple of really cool uh, chapter readings 
uh, from him, and it'll blow your mind. For me, it's simple. I sit down in the morning and I I get into my basic meditation, but then I just envision, I just imagine um, something that I would like to have in my life, um, going on a cruise, uh, taking a trip uh, back to see my mother, or envisioning what I'd like to make that month in terms of income. I see the number. I see uh, myself at work. I see my uh, my phone ringing. I see <clears throat> my I see the opportunities coming to me that that I would need to actually uh, create that income on a monthly basis. And I've been doing this for 38 years. I do it, I do it all. And it's imagine it's amazing the miracles that occur that you manifest as a result of of putting out there into the universe what you would like and backing it up with energy and feeling and uh, actually uh, seeing it happen for you and experiencing Mm -hmm. it happening for you. And a a big part of this, too, is when it does happen for you, to not say, I can't believe it. (laughs) No, wait a minute, hold on a second. You, you, you do believe it. You, you must believe it. You say, and thank you very much to your source within or your source that you, uh, that you, um, you connect with uh, to be thankful, to be grateful that it is, that has happened. Very, very, it's a very, very important uh, part of that is to spend some time in gratitude when, when the thing that you uh, envisioned uh, came to life, manifested in some, in some way. Uh, but that's all I do. I just sit down and, and it's like I said, it's it's you you put yourself in that in that position. In other words, let's put it this way: if you wanted to to, to take a beach vacation and uh, you would sit down and you would imagine yourself walking on that beach, uh, maybe you have a picture of that uh, in a magazine and you bring that picture into your into the forefront of your mind and you um, in the first person. It's not like seeing you watching somebody, watching yourself walk down the beach, you know, 10 feet away. You are actually there looking at what's going on in your eyes. And if, if a good example of this is if you were to look down, you'd see your own feet, okay, uh, which we do on the beach sometimes. We, we mm-hmm. look down and we see ourselves walking on the beach. Uh, we see our, our look back and we see our foot impressions in the sand uh, as the water has washed up on the shore and now washes up again and washes them away, you smell uh, the the um, the flowers that you would encounter. Let's say, let's just call it Hawaii. Hawaii is a very fragrant place, and you sort of envision what, imagine what the flowers uh, smell like. You, uh, what time of day is it? Is it is the sun starting to set? And you look across the water and you see the sun. Uh, falling in the sky, and you uh, see other people on the beach. Perhaps you you get really get into what what kind of sounds are there? Are there birds chirping? Uh, are you are you hearing the crashing of the waves, the lapping of the waves? You just put yourself there and envision yourself, and and, and just let it unfold for you. Don't judge it in any way because it's important. To, to, this, is a, this is something you're looking to manifest. Judgment, there's no room for judgment in manifestation. Uh, that just pretty much puts the kibosh, so right. to speak, and, and, and uh, it's, it's, again, it's throwing cold water on your, on your own fire. Um, you have to just let it freely operate. And then release your attachment to it. Release your attachment to the outcome, uh, which is very, very important. It's, um, because otherwise what you'll do is you'll, you'll uh, begin to put to, to put negative energy towards whether it happens or not. 
You know, I, I don't know if this, you, maybe you'll get doubts in your mind about whether it will occur, or when it will occur, uh, whether it will occur at all. Uh, and you really don't want to do that. You just want to let it, let it be. It's, it's your dream. It's your imagination at work. And you have to support it. You have to feed it with positive energy and thankfulness. And, grat- and actually, while you're in that state of mind, watch walking on the beach, say very much, thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful for being here. Thank you. I'm, 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 I'm delighted that I, could, that I could be here and experience this beautiful sunset, these lapping waves, the, the soft sand on my feet, all of that. Bring it to life, whatever it is. It's important to bring it to life. And that's what I do. Simple. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I really, I embody that. And it's interesting. I think, you know, when I was a, a kid, I liked to, I did like to daydream. I envisioned different places that I would go or see. And, and, but I was really shy. So when I was in college, I took an acting class. And that enabled ah. me to you know, that just being in that theater, it was like, okay, I could go into this place and I could be into these different, you know, roles and characters. And I think things like that are are helpful for individuals that may have a difficulty imagining. I think there's a lot of really good guided meditations as well. Uh, I always was a big fan of of Wayne Dyer, who, you know, he he wrote a, a book, called Wishes Fulfilled, um, Mastering the Art of Manifesting. And he, you know, one of the things that I really love that he said in there was that you are responsible for your own imagination. What you place there is held there and is yours. And he said, no matter what, like even as a kid, he said his beliefs, everything he placed into his imagination couldn't be taken away from him. He was orphaned uh, at a young age. He was later reunited with his mother but uh, I think at the age of 10, but he always, he said, even though they were really uh, quite poor, and poor is, is a relative term, it's it defined is by, yeah. by different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he said, you know, he got a paper route and he just chipped in and he did what needed to be done, but he never saw himself that way. In his mind's eye, he was always uh, wealthy. And he said, you know, throughout his life, it, you know, the things that he imagined, the books that he wrote, the different things that came to him, you know, even the, the gifts that he passed along to his children were all things that he imagined. He said, you know, and whenever anybody would try to say no, you know, take it away from him, he said he would get even more stubborn, that that was going mm-hmm. to be uh, a reality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're speaking of too. You know, you put the energy in there and, you know, you just really sort of dig your heels in no matter what it is. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It's, it's, you, it's your vision. It's what your unique dreams uh, and desires. And you really need to honor that. And I think that, you know, imagination sort of does find its way. And I love but you express not to limit yourself. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. so many times, you know, I think uh, Brian Scott said a lot of people are like, well, you know, I, my, my imagination, I'm a billionaire. But he said, you know, you really, you don't know what it's like. You don't know the hard work that it takes. You don't know the paperwork mm-hmm. that you have to entail every day. Um, you know, so do some of the small things and really start to, um, you know, bring that imagination to life. He said, you know, whether, and I, I think about, the other day I was 
listening to an interview with uh, Danica Patrick, and I thought it's really amazing because she was sort of a pioneer in racing as a woman getting into it. And, you know, for a little girl, I mean, imagining yourself being on that track in mostly a a male-oriented sport and then also succeeding in it, um, I think it is pretty amazing. And uh, and now she's venturing on to other things. I, I'm not a really much of a race fan, I have to admit. So I don't know if she's still currently racing or not, but I still No, she's retired. Oh, she's retired. Yeah, she's, re- okay. she's retired. But, hey, you, you left something out. What is it that you do? What do you do? I told you what I did. What, tell our audience what you do when it comes to your process of imagining. You know what, I I actually, you know, I don't think that there's any part of my day that I don't imagine. And it's funny because um, I, as a, I was always, as a visual artist, um, able to see things already done. So uh, the other day I was just in a, a property and I was speaking with the gentleman. He said the same thing. He said, I can... He said, I always had a really good imagination, and he said, what in bringing things to life. So for me, um, I guess it's a con- it became sort of like my soul food, Michael. I just, um, I don't think that there's any part of my day that there isn't some imagining of the possibilities and the infinite mm-hmm. possibilities that are available to me. I don't always know how things are going to happen, and I kind of, I kind of, go along with a theme. So my big thing right now is to simplify my life. Now, I imagine what it would mean to me to simplify my life. And I'm thinking a lot about imagining where in the world I want to be. Uh, Not that I don't love where I live, but I really, you know, you think about in the next 10 years, where do I want to be? Where do I want to put up roots and meet new friends and what new experiences uh, do I want? I know that I'm. I've got that itch, you know. I've got. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so in order to do that, I know that I need to simplify. So I imagine, you know, okay, this will be uh, find a new home for this, and imagine where this is going to go. And I know it may sound a, a little trite, but it's important for me. Mm-hmm. And no, uh, the building and blocks so, of your. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but blocks. I, you know, it, yeah, but and, and then sometimes, like you know, right. Oftentimes it's in that space right before I go to sleep that I'm in that quiet space or, you know, we'll wake up for, with the dogs in the middle of the night and and then I just, I let my mind kind of wander and the next thing I know I'm in a, a dream state. Um, and oftentimes, too, when I listen to music, not music, vocal music, but just instrumental, that right, right. I think more than anything else, you know, I have these wonderful... CDs by Dr. Jeffrey Thompson. They're you know sleep CDs, brain CDs, you know alpha, theta, mm-hmm. delta wave, mm-hmm. um, and I'll play them, and it just helps to bring information from the ether into <laughs> into my brain. I guess is is what I, think I it's would true. say. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, by the way. It, It'd be a good. It'd be a good time right now to mention somebody that we've both listened to lately. I, I've spent a lot of time listening to you. Your friend Frankie Love, uh, oh, who yeah. has a new album out, and I mean, I want to give if, if she listens to the show at all, I want to give her a, a, a shout out because her uh, music, her new CD is awesome. I, I listened to it this morning driving to Tallahassee. I listened to it yesterday while I was meditating outside. 
uh, in the uh, the beautiful warmth of the uh, of the morning with the sun you know shining on my face. I uh, plan on listening to it uh, a lot more. I when I'm walking, it's it's a great it's a great listen when you walk because it kind of puts you in a uh, in a in a state of mind, a state of being that is ripe for the other thing I want to bring up, which is daydreaming. What you do is daydream uh, yes. throughout the day. You see, there's a word we can imagine uh, for ourselves. We can use our imagination, but daydreaming is the same as uh, you're just what we're talking about. It's just another way to refer to it. And you can be anywhere and you can daydream. Uh, you can envision yourself being somewhere else for a moment. You can envision something happening. Uh, it's uh, it's an amazing tool in life to manifest what you'd like to have in your life. You can, you can imagine uh, daydream about going somewhere for dinner and meeting someone interesting. You can uh, you can uh, imagine that you're going to the you daydream about going to the store and you're on your way there and 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 uh, that you find the perfect outfit for yourself. Any it, it, you, it's it's amazing. As I said earlier in, in our conversation at the beginning of the show, it's important to actually take these tools of your, using your imagination, daydreaming, and 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 make them practical for you every single day, like you do. Like you do, and, and I'm wonderful. It's wonderful that you actually talked about how you actually um, integrate daydreaming, using your imagination into your daily practice. It's awesome, and that's really what I encourage our listeners to do. Yeah, that's what I encourage you to do, because you know, otherwise, you it's not just big things. It's not like oh, I want a million dollars. You know, it's 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 little things in in your life that you can help bring to life that you can manifest. And by the way. I'm going to step back to Einstein for a second uh, because I thought about this while, while you were um, a little bit earlier when you were talking about it. But Einstein, what's interesting about him is that people see him as a, you know, this might envision him as a scientist who was always in a laboratory doing something with physics. He spent a lot of time thinking and meditating. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time med- meditating. Uh, and uh, it's not something he talked about, but that's what he did. He spent a lot of time by himself meditating for hours. And uh, in terms of, and he meditated on on issues, on problems he wanted to solve, challenges he, uh, that he wanted to solve, and a lot of his greatest uh, his greatest greatest uh, achievements uh, actually emanated from his imagination, tapping into his higher self. He was able to uh, to do that, and um, that is again part of Einstein that you never hear about. Uh, however, right. it's it's interesting. And, it's, and, and children, it's, in my view, it's important to help kids understand the power of their imagination instead of cutting it off, instead of saying, oh, that's not real or whatever. Just let them roll with it. Let them roll with it. Um, you want to, instead of nipping it at the bud and telling them it's bad, putting that thought virus in their mind that your imagination, what you imagine is not real and it's not a good thing and it'll never happen, encourage it. Encourage it. Use your imagination. Make as, as a parent, make sure that you're letting them know that the imagination is a tool uh, whereby you can help create things in your life. Uh, it, uh, it, you know, I don't, I don't think kids really need to know the nuts and bolts. It's just encourage it to continue, or encourage them to continue using their imagination in in the wildest possible way, and get involved with it. Support them 110%. If they want to share what they're imagining, great. If they don't, encourage them 
to do that as well. You don't have to know if they want to share it. That's cool. Um, we, as children, are curious. We imagine things. We're playful. And as we work through the school system, when we're putting these little cubbyhole boxes of classrooms and we're taught to conform, a lot of that is lost. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, when you're in your when you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s, you know, you you have to. It's it's a challenge to go back and reconstitute what you were doing when you were two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. You know, it's uh, the imagination is something that definitely needs to be encouraged. So if we have listeners who have kids and they're imagining things, make sure that you're you're not implant, supplanting thought viruses about things being bad, things that can actually metaphysically help them move forward in life uh, and uh, manifest uh, a reality for themselves that is beyond anything that they could have initially imagined. It's, it's an amazing concept, an amazing tool. And why should we have to rediscover it? Let's keep rolling with it. Yeah. Well, and there's a there. Um, I don't, and a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the information that Einstein brought through was in his dreams. He would go to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, he'd go into that state, and then he would bring back um, things. Uh, and I, I just find that so amazing and so fascinating. It's sort of like you have to. That's the only way you can really quiet the mind. I mean, I don't know. I can't even imagine the things that went through his head in a in a daily basis and so to be able to quiet that mind as you said is so crucial to being able to you know bring forth that imagination uh into knowledge and there was a book i don't know if you ever read it i had it i think it came out in 1992 it was by a gentleman named Alan Lightman it's called Einstein's Dreams have you ever seen that book by any chance no no, I haven't. And actually. it it's it you know, you if you want to really speak about somebody that is imaginative, um, in this book, basically, you know, he takes the it's the same day, um, and the chapters are very short, um, uh, but he views it through all of Einstein's different views of reality. And it's hmm. so and and you know, it really it I thought in the beginning I thought this is the same day, and but I was so curious. I, and there were certain things that really meant my mind about what I was uh, doing. And I, I keep that book near me because it reminds me to, you know, really to sort of think outside the box. And one of the things that it was actually right in the beginning. It says, "Suppose time is a circle bending back on itself. The world repeats itself." precisely endlessly for the most part people don't know and people do not know they will live their lives over traders don't know that they will make the bar- same bargain over and over again politicians don't know they'll shout from the same lectern infinite number of times of cycles you know parents treasure the first laugh from their child as if they'll never hear it again and, and you know it's it goes on and on and on like that but it paints a picture and then after you come to the end of you know this very uh little chapter um you know it's like you go he he takes you to a place of where you go to sleep and then in the next chapter you wake up and you see the same thing through a different lens and i think that's what really the imagination is all about go ahead what are you going to ask give it give it i was going to ask you to give our audience the name of the book again 
Oh, it's Einstein's dream by Alan Lightman. And, you know, I, and this was another word that I just said. He said, in a world in which time is a circle, every handshake, every kiss, every birth, every word will be repeated precisely. So to every moment that two friends stop becoming friends, every time a family is broken because of money, every vicious remark in an argument between spouses, every opportunity denied, because of jealousy, every promise not kept. He said, all these things will be repeated in the future. So he said, basically, it's a challenge to not live an unhappy life, but to do something different. And I, I, just, that, I really like that. I think it's a big metaphor for, for where we are and what the world that we want to imagine, you know, that actually that, it would be the opposite. Is that to say, is he actually saying we're going to relive that again so we can to make different choices about yeah, how so we, we respond make to it. Different choices, right? Okay, all right. So cool. that instead, like that. you know, it. we if, it. if it's a circle, instead of the argument that we may have had, uh-huh. instead mm-hmm. we have a we choose a different outcome, and and I think that's too what what Brian Scott said. It's a really powerful, um, uh, I, I guess lecture that he gave on the uh, the imagination and creating what you want because when you look at what um, is going on in the world with hardships that different people are experiencing, we are at a precipice where we can, you know, really change uh, what goes on. And I think one of the things that I liked what Brian said, and I did write this down, he he said, it's a bridge of incidents. Like, so if you think about that, and he said, so we get to choose the tones of our reality. And then, you know, he talked a lot about, um, you know, what we want to do to enter into that reality. So if we do, you know, you where you put your attention, where you put your energy, and then your understanding, mm-hmm. and then you kind of, you know, enter into that state. And I really love that. And I thought about that. How many times are we not willing to build that bridge? So we just need that imagination to build that bridge to reach out to possibly change somebody else's reality. And uh, it's so beautiful. Know, I think, beautiful. Yeah. And, and Brian does that for me all the time. And you do that, Michael, because you send me, you find these, you know, these golden nuggets. And um, mm-hmm. I really, I really love that. And thank you for, for um, enjoying Frankie as much as I do. I know that one of the things, oh the gosh. reason that she said she creates music is, um, you know, she's a very empathic, she's very sensitive, and she said that when she actually, um, you know, she loves people and humanity, and when she, you know, she just wants, wanted to always, you know, believe and to be able to change and make this world a better place, and she always said that, you know, making music, you know, found her, that it chose her, and I think that when she composes um, on one of her latest Instagram posts, she has herself literally just sitting at the piano playing and uh, just, if she likes it, she'll go back and she'll record it. And, you know, sometimes she releases stuff, some things are just for her. And I think it's a really good metaphor. Do you find yourself doing that when you start to play the drums that you're, you're not, you're, it's more of a freedom of expression. You're allowing your imagination to sort of compose or, um, what you're needing at the time? Interestingly enough, um, it's not that I'm a composer because um, I'm a backbeat more than anything else. I I actually play to tunes that I like. I listen to and I Shazam tunes 
that I would like to uh, play along with. However, when I'm playing along with them, I'm, I'm intuiting what I want to do through feeling the music. Um, it's, I've, been, I've been called an intuitive musician because I am, when I sit down to play with somebody live, I am literally intuiting from beginning to end what I should do. Now, there's, if we're playing a song, a top 40 tune or something that was a top 100 uh, hit at some particular point, there is a, a, a beat that goes along with that tune that is quite familiar to most people. However, what I choose to do with it beyond that is, is me, how I choose to mm-hmm. uh, heighten it, lower it, soften it, harden it. That is simply uh, me intuiting uh, the the notes and that's really that's really what I do. Um, I've been told that interestingly enough that by many many times uh, that I am I can intuit when a song is going to end. I can in, in other words, it's the, it's the most challenging thing when you're playing with somebody that you've never played with before and you're playing a song you've never played before. And the the thing I love most about playing is. Most of the music, I, w- I would sit down with, with, with guys back in California when I played, and these would be old blues musicians. Uh, and um, they would come up with some song that you would see that, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the movie. Did you see the movie Elvis, the current one? Not yet. It's on my okay. to-do list. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. You'll be blown away by it. Uh, I'm not going to ruin it for you by talking about Elvis, but in, there's a part in the beginning of the movie where there's, uh, an old blues musician in a cabin, and he's playing a, a, a song. Um, I think it's Hound Dog. Uh, it's Hound Dog or one other one. And he's playing it in, in a blues style. And I would play with this gentleman who was, at the time I played with him, I think he was 75, 80 years old. He'd call me down, you know, I need a drummer, and I'd come on down. I had no idea. I didn't know the name of anything he ever told me that he was playing. I, I, I've never heard the song before. However, uh, he would tell me what what the time was, whether there was any stop time in it, what the groove was. Was it a was it a blues tune? Was it a jazz tune? Was it a straight ahead jazz tune? Was it a soft? Was it fast? Was it slow? He'd kind of say, he give me a give me a hint before he hit the first note. And after he hit the first note, at, with the knowledge that he gave me, that little bit of tidbit of what kind of groove it was, I would just roll along with it. You know, slow blues, fast blues, um, uh, a, uh, a, a shuffle. Uh, these are standard concepts in terms of the kind of um, drum style that, that you would play. Uh, he, was, he would say shuffle, you know, 4-4 four, four shuffle in, in medium time or fast time or in slow time or, uh, you know, there's, or in stop time even, you know, because stop time is when a song would get to a certain point and then, it, in the verse, and it would stop, and they'd say something, and then you'd start again. That's stop time. So it's really kind of cool how I would sit down, and I've done this all over the world with musicians. I, I, I would tell them, I don't really know that, I don't know that tune, <laughs> but don't let that bother you. Just tell me, tell me the groove that it's in, and uh, the beat, and I'll, I'll, p- I'll pick it up in seconds, and then I know when it's going to stop. So I have fun challenging myself like that, and I like, and it's not in the studio. It's in front of people that you could really embarrass yourself in front of if you really don't know what you're doing. Uh, however, it always works out for me. I always have that belief, that faith that I, I, I don't know, I tap into a higher power, my higher self to get into this particular state of mind, of focus, that allows me to hear everything going on at once that every musician is doing 
and I also have an eye on the person that's leading uh, the band, and I can um, I can do that. I told you about Poco a few weeks ago that I played yeah, with, and no, I, I couldn't remember one song they'd ever done, one song they'd ever done. <laughs> and I told the bass player, I said, "Look, just give me the groove, man. I, I you know I'll pick it up, I'll listen to it, and I'll roll along with it." And <laughs> like I said, when he got done, the leader, the leader of the band said, dude, you can come play with some Key West anytime you want. You're amazing. And I said, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. And I just, I just loved your music. I didn't know it. I didn't know what it was, uh, but I, I loved it. And I, I just make things up and just music gets into me and I just flow with it. So there is a, there is a process mentally if you, if you do it. A lot of drummers can't do that. A lot of drummers have to have specifics and they have to, to, to know, uh, dot the I's and cross the T's. I'm very intuitive about uh, mm-hmm. what I do when I sit down at, at a drum set. And that's what I do here at home as well. Um, I just kind of practice that concept. I don't need to know what the name of the song is. Uh, I just kind of move along with it. And, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun, in fact. Um, I, I, I wanted to step back to something just, just a moment uh, when you were talking about Einstein's dreams and mm-hmm. uh, Alan saying you can choose a different outcome to circumstances that occur over and over again. And believe it or not, in, in relationships, I know in, in, I learned to do this in relationships, in my relationships, uh, especially the one I'm in now. I celebrated 21 years yesterday. Today, Wednesday? Yeah, yesterday. Wow. Um, with, with, a, with a wonderful woman. Yeah, we're common law, you know, we're hanging out. Uh, and I learned to handle situations, to make different choices. When there was a disagreement or, uh, or an argument about something, I learned to choose a different way of moving through it. And I observe what happens when I do that. I observe what happened. If I decided to, because a lot of times what we do in relationships is we throw, we throw gasoline on the fire and it just gets worse. It gets out of control. And not understanding really the true foundation of what's, what is driving the disagreement uh, because we think we know. We think we know what, why they're doing what they're doing. And in many cases, that's a big mistake to make that presumption because you really don't. It could, there, there could be triggers somewhere. It could be something going on. And de-escalation is what I started doing. I started recognizing when I was about to throw gasoline on the fire, and then I just wouldn't. And an interesting thing happened. It would dissipate and sizzle out within seconds. And a whole demeanor change occurred. <laughs> and as uh, in in, in re- in relationships, couples, uh, they, push, they push each other's buttons. That's, that's, what, that's what couples, they start to do over time is they start to push each other's buttons and on purpose, you know, because they have some sort of angst or some sort of built-up anger and they, they want to, you know, get their goat or whatever they want to do. And, and really, the key to a long-term relationship that has, uh, a relationship that has legs is to make different choices along the way. When something happens that's happened once or twice before or three times before, at some particular point, have the presence of mind to make a different choice, uh, to choose not to escalate, to choose to accept, perhaps, if you, if you think you're right, but you're not quite exactly sure 
acquiesce to their being right. And then go look it up. And if you look it up and you find out you're right, just let it go. It's not important. Mm -hmm. In the end, it's just a fact. You know, it's not, and if the fact is a little bit twisted or off, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. The most important thing is connection. Not whether you're right, not whether you're in control, not right. whether the person's doing exactly what it is that you say they're doing. And that's what, that's what I thought of when, uh, when you talked about Alan Lightman and Einstein's dream. Very interesting. I, just, I don't know how my yeah. mind goes there. No, you know what, it's it's the connection that you have to that. And I think so so many times, Michael, you know, you're you're almost like a fire starter for me because I think, you know, things come up in my brain that I haven't necessarily thought of for a while. And then, you know, I sort of rediscover things. And um, there's, you know, I think that in life, if you can find somebody, it really is a gift to have a relationship like you have where you know you recognize okay you know i've i've done this drama before <laughs> Never mind. This, i know how it, this story ends and it doesn't serve me so let's do a different dance like let's put a different right. record on let's uh you know it, let's you know turn the channel and and i think too many people um it's more important to be right than to be um, in a, in, I would rather be in a peaceful space. It's never been that important for me <laughs> to have to be yeah, right fine. about yeah. something. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, 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 the need or the want to be right is, for me, is pretty heavy because I'm, I'm a dot I cross T kind of guy. And, um, and however, I, I've had to learn over time that it's not always that important. You know, if it was $236.80, and someone says it was $237, it's not important <laughs> to correct them and say it was, two, it was 10 cents less or 8 cents less. Mm-hmm. It's not important, but we, we have this, this, this you know, competitive thing going on between uh, when, when you, when you, with your partner in, in life, and uh, you, you want to make sure that you're, you're showing up and, and, and a lot of things that go on in a relationship aren't really relevant. They aren't relevant to the grand yeah. scheme of, of the, the macro picture. They're not relevant. They're just things, and they'll be forgotten in, in, in five minutes, if not less. Right. They'll be forgotten. Right. You know? I've got this rule. If it's not going to be relevant in 24 hours, just let it go. Let it go. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to be relevant tomorrow, and you're thinking about, well, this, we argued over this or argued over that, is it going to be important tomorrow? No. It, it's, it's likely not. Ninety, I, I would venture to say 90% of what happened today is going to be irrelevant, irrelevant if not 99%, irrelevant tomorrow. Tomorrow's another day. So why would we yep. invest our emotional capital, our time, our energy, our state of being, our frequency? Why would we bring our frequency to bear and put, it, put a higher frequency at risk, a higher vibrational frequency at risk for something that won't matter tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how you, you know, stay happy today. Yep. Yep. I 100% agree with you. There's there's an exercise. I don't know if you're familiar with Pam Grout. I love I love Pam and her her books. Um, I sort of devoured them. But one of the things I, I she wrote in there is to to put together like a six word memoir um, or less words. And you know I think when you're in a state of whatever it is, and, and it's a good way to not take yourself too seriously. Like she said that. Singer Amy Mann said um, her 
six-word memoir was couldn't cope, so I wrote a song. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, uh, simplify, right? You go back to that, yeah. you know, simplify or Stephen Colbert. Well, I thought it was funny. That's his, uh, you know, six-word <laughs> memoir. <laughs> Interesting. But, you know, um, you know, and but I think when you 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 do that, you know, we become so verbose. Um, but when you you know you just sit there, whether the other day I, it was a nice sunny day, we're getting into the the cooler days up here. On the oh East yeah, Coast, we are. And I wanted to put the hammock out and you know just take my one of my little pups and just rock them in the hammock. I mean that mm-hmm. is to me you know very soul nurturing. Um, it's oh, yeah. something that, you know, and then I let my my mind wander into that imagination. And we were talking about before um, how that imagination becomes knowledge and often kinds can become products or invention. And the um, there was one, like, that I, I absolutely love was when uh, Dom Perignon, who invented champagne, said, come quickly, I'm drinking the stars. And I thought to myself, oh, how magical. That's awesome. How magical. Man, that's an amazing a, statement. <laughs> what a way to, how about, how about let, present tense, let's go drink some stars. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, in celebration of your of your 21 year, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, what, I, I think it, it's just perfect. Um, but it, I love it. You know, it's, it's where, where you, uh, who would ever think that, you know, we would, as human beings, have a need for champagne. But somebody had an idea, and it came exactly. from their imagination. Oh yeah. And Don't think burn about your too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think about how many. Create a great product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how much laughter it's inspired. You know, how much silliness. I'm sure there's a, a few fights in there and some other things along the lines. It's, but yeah. Um, how is it in somebody's life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean, I, I was that was always my favorite drink when I was in college. I wasn't so much of a beer girl. I loved my champagne. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, in college, I couldn't uh, afford Dom Perignon, but um, I didn't. <laughs> Who <much>. can? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't go to an Ivy League yeah. school. Uh, it was one of those, um, it was one of those, it's just a special occasion thing. You know, you, you, if you, if, if you're celebrating something really, really special, uh, you know, I I think my first bottle was was for my 40th birthday. You know, oh. that's the first time I, I bought a bottle for 40th birthday. I had a surprise party that my wife at the time gave me, and uh, it was it was very, very, very memorable. Um, you know, a bunch of guys took me out to play golf, and uh, and a bunch of people got together at, at our house and. She set it up quite beautifully. You know, there are these milestones that you have in your life, and I think I mentioned this last week, but you you, you want, and when we're talking about experiences, which is what we're doing, and we, 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 there are these, these things that you create in your life that you remember forever, and other people create for you sometimes that you remember forever. However, it's, you know, we're, we're that's, that's what life is about, and that is really how you, you grow and evolve. I have to tell this little story really quickly because I met this gentleman. I was standing. I, I told you. I probably told you before that I can. I can be standing anywhere. I can be standing waiting for a train that's going to arrive in five minutes, and meet the person next to me and find out about them and and what they're doing and who they are and where they're from. And then I get on the train. I mean, I I want to talk to people, so I'm standing mm-hmm. outside of my girlfriend's restaurant. I'm standing outside my girlfriend's restaurant, and uh, she is 
um, she's just gone to get the deposits, you know, something out of the safe that we what we do every day. And I decided to get out of the car and just, you know, enjoy the beautiful sunshine. And this guy walks by with a dog. And, you know, I like dogs. And uh, he was a cute little thing. And I reached down and said, hey, who are you? And then I said, hey, he had a sort of a, a European soccer shirt on, which is not unusual um, because a lot of people do watch European soccer over here, a lot of Americans. But I said, hey, uh, that's a cool shirt. Who are you? And, he, you know, who is this lovely dog you got here? <laughs> And he goes, he says, I'm Tom. And I said, Tom. And I said, well, you're from, you're from, yeah. He says, I'm from Ireland. <laughs> Tom Campbell from Ireland. Belfast, in, 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 in fact. And he's standing there. And I, you know, we talk about the dog. It's his friend's dog. He's walking him down the front, we call Front Beach Road, which is the, the road that's right along the beach, runs right along the beach. And I said, we got to talking about this. I said, so, cool, what are you doing here? Are you on an H2? He says, I'm working. I said, you on an H2 visa? He says, yeah, absolutely. He says, where are you working? He says, Kuwait. And I said, my gosh, we're going there tomorrow and Tuesday night. <laughs> we go there all the time. It's our favorite restaurant. In fact, the manager just moved into our neighborhood. And he goes, really? I said, yeah, Hattie. I said, absolutely. So we start talking. And then my girlfriend walks out. And she's going like, oh, my God, you've done it again. You're standing here for a couple minutes. I just went inside for a couple of moments. And twice we've been to the restaurant. Twice I've, I've said hi to him. He's a very polite young man, awesome. And we got to talking about I told him, I said, yeah, my girlfriend wants to go to Ireland, you know, in the next couple of years. And he says, absolutely. He says, uh, make sure you let me know. And I said, we will. Oh, awesome. But I connect, you know, you connect with somebody. He's just a nice 24-year-old. And the reason I brought this up is because I told him, I told him yesterday, uh, he was, he's kind of a runner and he's operating, um, he has a special little job there in the kitchen. This is a really high-end restaurant with a nice chef. And I, I talked to him on their way to the restroom because it's a, kind of an open kitchen. And I, I told him it was our 21st, and he says, wow, I said, that's absolutely amazing. And I said, yeah, it is. I said, uh, he says, well, my, my mantra right now is don't get involved. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> it's okay to get involved as long as you're truthful and honest about, you know, where you are in life. You know, it's, right. it's, you don't want to lead somebody on. You just want to, if you're, if you're looking to have companionship, to go out to dinner or to go experience something with somebody, a movie or otherwise, you know, you just have to, at some particular point, just be honest about where you are in the, in the relationship, you know, uh, stage at this particular point. However, I can tell you that I'll impart you this one thing, and that is, and he says, really, and I said, what's that? I said, relationships are where you, you want relationships with, with people and uh, intimate relationships because that's how you evolve as a human being. You learn, you expand who you are through that connection. And by dealing with what you deal with in that connection, how you respond to them and how you, they respond to you and the whole nine yards. And he goes, huh, I didn't, I've never thought of it that way. And I said, yeah. I said, just keep that in mind. Relationships are for growth. That's how you evolve. Mm -hmm. If you avoid them, you really, don't, you really don't grow and evolve. You stay in your own little world. And uh, whether it's close friendships or intimate relationships, whatever. But just be honest about where you are. And mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a great guy. Very, very warm. It's it's amazing. It's amazing the wonderful people that you can meet uh, in a few seconds, and how you can get to actually know them. And and because I I'm I'm intuitive. I know you are too. You can kind of mm -hmm. sense somebody. You can meet someone, and you can intuitively know what kind of person they are, what kind of being they are, 
and the moment that you meet them, either you shake their hand or you look them in the eyes and, and say hello, and you kind of know um, that's me. And I, I meet, and I'm attracted to evidently other people, wonderful people are attracted to me, and I'm attracted to them because that's the way I think. You know, it's that frequency that I like to put out. He was putting it out too, so it was wonderful. Yes, I know, and that's your your point of attraction and where you're putting your attention. You're, I think it, whether you are conscious of it, I know, Michael, you you know you you walk out that door and you're going to make it an awesome day. And so, in that connection to a stranger is part of what makes your day awesome. And you don't, yeah. you know, you when you do it, it's you're open to whatever is going to unfold, which I think is really powerful in imagining anything. And really, I guess to go circle back to that, you know, the greatest gift we've ever been giving is the power of our imagination. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, for for our listeners, and I'd love for you to close out the show with just uh, a little bit about this. So just for our listeners who say, well, I, you know, I can't imagine things. So, uh, we spoke just briefly about uh, either a dream journal or a, vi- a vision board or a dream board. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could, yeah, if you could just maybe um, give them a few tips, and then perhaps I know you and I were going to try to work on some things and maybe share a few things with our on our Instagram and connect to love energy, and um, then perhaps. Um, you know, we can get some feedback. But, yeah, I'd love for you to share a little bit uh, about how to just, you know, light that spark, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Um, if you – I read travel magazines. And I uh, – because I love reading about places in the world, some places that I – because I learn things about where – new things about where I've been. And I also learn about places that I'd like to visit. And a dream board uh, or a vision board is – is when you you go out and get a foam core board. You can go to the craft store at Michaels or some craft store, arts and craft store. You can get a you can get a foam core board, which is a little bit more sturdy. Uh, that's about two by three or three by three or four by four, whatever you want to make it, as big as you want to make it. And all you're doing basically is you are it, it, give an example. If I'm in a, tra- a travel magazine and I want to go to a certain place, I want to go to Hawaii or I want to go to Tahiti. I see an article on Tahiti. I cut out the picture of the beach, not necessarily the words in the article, but various pictures that actually uh, can help me focus on that area. And you, you basically attach them to your dream board and you say, you know, right underneath it, you know, dream trip to Tahiti and, uh, or wherever it might be, as an example. Uh, if you want a certain car, you, find the, uh, you go to the dealer and get the, get the book for the car. If you can test drive it, even better. Uh, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it gives you the smell of the new car, what it would smell like. Uh, you don't have to envision that or imagine that because you've been in the vehicle. You can, you can bring it to mind again for yourself. You can look at it, walk around at 360, and you can create it in your mind. But having a picture, you cut out the picture and you put it on the board. And, and it's important to, to, uh, uh, to not limit yourself. Uh, I had a friend who, uh, when I managed the shoe store, one of my employees uh, wanted a Porsche in his life, and he would go to the dealer like once a month to drive a Porsche, test drive it. You know, he got to befriend the guy, and he got to get out, and he got to test drive his Porsche. I'm sure today he owns a Porsche because he put he made mm-hmm. it so real for himself. He made it so real, uh, and by, by sitting in the car, feeling it, sensing it, uh, smelling it, touching it, 
that is the more real you can make whatever it is in a dream board. So here's the thing. You take that dream board and you create it for yourself with various aspects of your life, relationships, um, travel, um, things that you want in your life, material things. Uh, and then you, what you do is in the morning and in the evening, when you wake up, you make sure that you look at it and you, you put that impression in your mind and you give gratitude and thanks for having it in your life. And then before you go to bed at night, you do the same thing. You make sure that you look at it. So it's the last thing you see. The last thing you're doing before you go to bed is daydreaming about something on that dream board, imagining it in your life. Uh, That's the best way to go to sleep instead of thinking about something that happened. If you've got something that happened during the day you can't get out of your mind, take out a journal and write it down. Get it out of your head. Write down any thoughts you have about it. Get them out out of your mind. Because your ego will, in the middle of the night, start playing games with you. And it will bring it up. And all the wherefores and why nots and shoulda, woulda, couldas and, and all these things about the negativity about it. And it'll just dance around in your mind. You won't get any sleep. Whenever you have something in the evening uh, that is bugging you, write it down. Write on possible solutions, what you want to do perhaps. Anything that's dancing around in your head, just write it down. It doesn't have to be coherent or cohesive. Just write it down. Write down whatever it is and get it out of your mind. And you'll be able to get up in the morning and deal with it because you'll have had a good night's sleep. But make sure that you look at the dream board and that's what you envision for yourself. So you, you, have a, you, have a, a, you can even start to dream about it, start to imagine it when you're lying in bed and go to sleep. And who knows? You might even dream about it. Who knows? It's beautiful. Thank you so much. You know, and I think it's those those paths, those things that we haven't yet even visualized, that's the ones that we should get excited about because there's oh, yeah. so much yet to to be unleashed by uh, your imagination. And I'm so yeah. grateful. Thank you so much for sharing that and, and for this fantastic uh, topic. I, I absolutely love it. It's like it's got me salivating. <laughs> I can't Me wait too. To, to hear what you <laughs> I gotta add a, yeah. <laughs> gotta add a few things to my dream board, you know, my vision board. I gotta do that. You know? That's and awesome. uh thank you. It's been an awesome awesome day. for our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking yeah, the time and uh for those uh that listen to our podcast, same thing. We do have that podcast, so check it out. You can listen to this again. Share it with somebody. Thank Connect you. to love. So it is. Connect to love. All and right. so it is. Thanks.